0: Welcome to Tough Cookie Talks. I'm your host, Jenna Jozefowski, but you can call me Jenna J. I'm a semi-retired professional dancer, dance teacher and yoga teacher, turned certified personal trainer and kettlebell instructor who helps active women learn to lift and get strong with equal parts challenge and compassion. After years of working in the fitness industry, I got sick and tired of watching people, including myself, run themselves into the ground, trying to uphold the narrow-minded image of what our culture sees as healthy and fit. But instead of giving it all up, I decided that I'd rather change the game, call out the BS, extract the good, and help others learn to use movement as a way to build themselves up rather than tear themselves down. On this podcast, we'll explore the intersection of fitness and anti-diet culture and all the gray areas in between. We'll let go of shoulds and judgment and dig into tough conversations with curiosity. Things get pretty spicy around here, so grab your headphones and let's do this. All right, friends, welcome to episode three of Tough Cookie Talks. Today, I'm gonna take the time to share a little bit more about my unconventional philosophy on fitness, what it is, what it isn't, and why you might care. Because as we lay the groundwork for the future of this podcast and what's to come and what you can expect, I want you to know where my beliefs are grounded so that you can be like, this podcast is a hell yes, or it is a hell no. And you can decide whether you want to take the time to continue to listen or not. My hope is that you'll listen to this podcast and it'll help you to start to think about health and fitness in a new and different way. And that today... I might expose you to some different perspectives that you hadn't considered before so that you can continue along a health and fitness journey that is aligned with true and lasting health. That's really my hope. So let's dive in. My philosophy on fitness is unconventional and I'm not sorry about it. I'm not. I think though a lot of people are utterly confused about what I do and exactly what my fitness philosophy entails. I'll give some examples of how this has shown up in my life. So I've had old classmates ask me to help them lose weight. I have more thoughts on that later. We'll talk about the intentional fat loss Um, I've been told that I set a bad example for kids by eating candy because yes, I eat candy quite a lot. Actually, I had somebody tell me that I was all about loving your body. I never said that. And actually I'm not, I got asked if I really thought that a friend's mom who has type two diabetes should continue to disregard her health. This friend actually thought that that's how I felt. The answer is no, I get it though. People don't know what to make of my approach. It's like one minute I'm posting a video of me swinging kettlebells and the next minute I'm telling you that you need to take a rest day. And one minute I'm calling out BS on all the ways the fitness industry is making you feel like crap. Then I'm talking about all the mental health benefits of working out. But just like everything I do, there's a method to my madness. There's a reason behind everything that I believe and how all of these different little micro philosophies fit into the bigger picture of how I help people pursue health and fitness. So if you've ever either a thought about working with me and wondered if we'd be a good fit to work together or wonder why I see see these things so differently than many other fitness professionals that you might know, keep listening. Here are some of my core beliefs in no particular order. So, I operate from a health at every size framework. A lot of people get really combative about the term health at every size without understanding it. Health at every size does not mean that everyone is automatically healthy at any size. To me, it means that you can focus on health promoting behaviors. Without obsessing over your weight or your body size. And if you want to learn more about this, I encourage you to read the book, Health at Every Size, um, or I'll actually throw in a caveat. There is another one called Body Respect uh, by Lindo Bacon and Lucy Aframar. Uh, They're both great. I will link to them in the show notes because I really believe. That you need to read the book and fully understand the full spectrum of health at every size before you form your own opinion about it i actually believe that the fitness industry has it ass backwards so often we are told to lose weight at all costs so that we can be quote unquote healthy but while higher weights are often correlated with certain health issues That doesn't necessarily mean that it's the weight itself that causes them. It's like the first lesson that we learned in science class in school. Correlation does not equal causation. It is basic science. By adopting healthier habits, some people might lose weight and improve their health as a result of those habits. That's great. Others might not lose weight, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're not getting any healthier because of those habits. That kind of leads me to the next point. Thin does not automatically mean healthy or fit. Size diversity is real and we weren't all meant to be the same size. Healthy, looks different on everyone. And we really need to stop. We need to stop assuming people's health based on their size alone. More importantly, nobody deserves to be treated like shit because of their body size or health status. Health is not a moral obligation. And if you want to talk to me about the drain on the healthcare system, stop, stop. Thin people get sick and injured too. At the moment I'm recording this, we're in the middle of a global health crisis then people get sick too. Don't even get me started on unvaccinated people. If that makes you mad, you're probably going to hate this podcast. We are all going to die eventually. We need to stop making fun of fat people behind their backs and to their faces. And yes, I use the word fat. You will say me use the word fat often instead of words like quote unquote obese or overweight. Because those words can be stigmatizing and pathologizing. And maybe we'll talk about this at another time. Uh, But fat is actually a word that a lot of people are reclaiming as a neutral descriptor rather than pathologizing words like obese or overweight. Because like overweight, like over what weight? Like what is the weight? You know what I mean? Anyway, I believe That weight stigma can actually be more harmful than the actual weight itself. Weight stigma is something that forces people to isolate themselves from friends and family and social connections, which are all health promoting. It causes people to not go to the doctor for treatable conditions because they're tired of just being told to lose weight when they go in for treatment of a cold or a broken finger. It also causes people in larger bodies to lose out on jobs and money because they're automatically assumed to be lazy. These are all real things. If you don't believe me, Google weight stigma, see what you can find. It is harmful to our health. I also believe that socioeconomic status has a big effect on our health. It is easy to prioritize your health when you have access to wealth. For example, As a middle-class person, I can afford a gym membership, and I have access to healthy food. I don't have to work multiple minimum wage jobs to support my family. Therefore, I can get a good night's sleep and take some time off to go on a vacation or go get a massage. Right now, I live in a neighborhood where it's safe to walk and run outside, and these are privileges that not everybody has access to. This does not mean, and this is the important part. If you're feeling like you're starting to get defensive because you're in a situation similar to mine, it doesn't mean that I don't work hard at the gym or make an effort to eat well. It doesn't mean that you don't do those things too. It does not mean you don't work hard or make an effort to pursue health promoting behaviors. It just means that these things are easier for you to do than they are for some other people. Consider this for yourself for a moment. I also believe that fitness is a social justice issue. And so sometimes, yeah, I get political around here if you want to call it that, but actually what I really believe in is social justice and human rights. Sorry, not sorry if you are listening to this podcast thinking that you wish that i would just stick to things like workouts and self-love and not speak out against things like racism and misogyny and homophobia and transphobia and all of the things the answer is nope these things are all barriers to entry when it comes to health and fitness when i say that all are welcome i don't just say it i mean that And that's going to involve a lot more work on a societal level to make it a reality. Fitness is a social justice issue. And you can expect that on this podcast. All vibes are welcome with me. And that might come surprising because I've often been described as being someone who seems to be always happy, but believe it or not, I am not on the good vibes only train and I'm not really into this whole toxic positivity thing. Now don't get me wrong. I'm very positive. I prefer good vibes, especially as an Enneagram 7. If you're familiar with the Enneagram, I'm very sensitive to all of the vibes. I am. I pick up on that very easily. The bad vibes, they make me uncomfortable. And one thing that I'm learning is that doesn't mean we should sweep them under the rug. You can't heal what you can't feel. It took me a long time to accept this but all vibes are now welcome with me. That being said, let's talk about body bashing for a session, because in spite of the fact that all vibes are welcome here, I actually do not encourage body bashing. I would also encourage you, all of you to not complain about how quote unquote fat you feel. Okay. Fat is not a feeling. More on that another time, perhaps, but it's not helping you or anything else. There's nothing we can do with feeling quote unquote fat. If we feel, if we zero in on the actual feeling, the actual emotion that, that you're experiencing, whether that's a physical sensation, um, like a mental block or an emotion that you're dealing with, we can deal with that because those things are real and we can work to create goals that create more of the ways that you want to feel in your life but nobody was ever motivated by guilt and shame so not about the body bashing on the flip side i also think that the term quote unquote love your body it's dismissive i will never tell you you have to do it i will never tell you to love your body loving your body is aspirational and if we're being honest the phrase kind of makes me want to gag just a little bit it's okay if you like it if you like it go with it but in my opinion some people are going to have a harder time with this than others and that is okay I can help you work on improving your body image that's something that I hope to do but neutrality is good enough for me in fact I would love for you to get to a place where You don't even necessarily have to think about your body because it's just kind of there, not the most important thing. And you can go about your life doing all the things that you love to do outside of that. It's just a vessel. So I won't ask you to quote unquote, love your body, but I will challenge you to think critically about the systems that made you stop loving it in the first place. We weren't born hating our bodies. I'm also not against weight loss. Some people think that I am, it might appear that way from all the pushback I give against things like before and after photos and the weight loss industry. What's problematic in my opinion is the hyper focus on intentional weight loss. So when we focus on weight loss at all costs, we lose out on all the other wonderful benefits that can come from working out. The pursuit of intentional weight, weight loss often causes us to sacrifice our mental health, other facets of our health in the process. It also puts people at a greater risk for developing an eating disorder. It reinforces the hierarchy of quote unquote good bodies versus bad bodies. And that really sucks. So not against weight loss, but not about to hyper focus on the weight loss. I also understand that you want to lose weight. If you're in a place right now where you want to lose weight, you're welcome here. This might still be the podcast for you. Like, of course you do. We live in diet culture. If you haven't listened to episode two, all about what diet culture is and what it's harmful, please do that. Of course you want to lose weight. And if you tell me this, I am going to ask you why. Because often when we think we want to lose weight, what we actually want are the feelings and the rewards that we think comes along with it. So I'm going to focus, or I'm going to ask you to focus on that instead. Society treats weight loss as one of the greatest accomplishments a person could ever achieve, but it's possible to meet society's thin ideal and still feel like crap about yourself. I have a hundred percent been there. I have hundred percent been there. You look at Pictures of me when I was my thinnest, I was also miserable, felt like garbage about my body. Additionally, if most people knew what it actually took from an exercise science perspective to look like a fitness model, I guarantee you would never want to do those things Anyway, this comes back to the feelings that we want to achieve when we think we want to lose weight. How do you want to feel? What do you think that will bring you? And then can we pursue those feelings, those things that we want in our life and let weight loss come secondary? It's not necessarily the most popular choice, but that's what I'm all about here. I also believe in body autonomy. Your body is your business. You're allowed to want it to look however you want. And also, I want you to keep in mind that society has a way of hijacking our beliefs and what we think is quote unquote beautiful and acceptable. Sometimes what we think we want is being imposed on us by an external force. And I think we should question this a lot. A lot. Think about all of the images that we consume in the media. What kinds of bodies are shown? You watch a TV show or a movie. How are the thin characters? The people that meet the beauty standards, how are they treated? What kind of roles do they have? How does their story play out? What about the fat characters? Think about that for a moment. Society has this way of hijacking our beliefs. Sometimes what you think you want, quote unquote, for yourself is actually coming from an external force. I think we need to stop questioning things like will lifting weights make me bulky and instead ask why does this matter anyway I am anti-diet not anti-dieter if you are still caught up in a diet culture if you're on a diet if you're doing a lifestyle change but you you know think it's not a diet or whatever I'm not against you I'm not against you if you feel enticed to do these things and Diets fail most of the time in the long term. They do not work. And yet we blame ourselves. So if you're doing something that is like a diet or a lifestyle change or whatever, and you think it's working for you, cool. I'm not against you. But what I am here to do is plant seeds that there is another way. Because everybody shows their before and after photos, but nobody is sharing after the after. What happens after that? So if you find yourself in a place where you maybe lost a bunch of weight and then you gain it all back and you're feeling ashamed like there's something wrong with you, let's talk like I'm your girl because when you've had enough of that, I will be here and I will be ready to welcome you with open arms. Full disclaimer, this is a fun fact. When I take new clients, I have them fill out a very extensive new client intake form, new client assessment form. One of the questions that I ask is how many times have you lost weight through dieting? The next question is, how many times have you gained the weight back? Do you want to know what every single client that I've ever had fill out this form has said? Answer to the first question. However many times they've lost weight to dieting. Most everyone has said at least one time. How many times have you gained the weight back? Every single time. Literally every single form that a new client has filled out for me. The answer, how many times have you gained the weight back? Every single time is what every single client says, diets do not work. I am anti-diets. I am not anti-dieter. In light of diets, you can think that you're not dieting and you can still kind of be dieting. I was in denial for years, but whether you're counting calories or points or macros or only eating the cleanest, most organic foods, it's all a different flavor of the same shit sandwich. If your lifestyle change, put that in air quotes, places morality on certain foods for the purpose of achieving a certain body type, it is 100% a diet. And if you feel the need to quote unquote cheat on your lifestyle change, that is also a diet. Diets do not work. I believe in intuitive eating. And intuitive eating is something else that I'm going to ask you to read the book on before you form an opinion. You'll hear me talk about this a lot. Put that in the show notes too. Intuitive eating is more than just eat when you're hungry and stop you're full. When you're full. It's also not eat exclusively pizza and ice cream until the end of time. Please, if you learn nothing from listening to this podcast, read that book. Put it on your reading list for this year. It might just change your life and your relationship to food. I also believe in staying in my lane. There's a lot of crap advice out there and it drives me nuts when I hear other personal trainers giving bad nutrition advice or to hear somebody who sells shakes for a living trying to teach people how to work out. This is another story for another day people that sell MLMs and call themselves a quote unquote coach when they have no qualifications with which to do so. We all need to stay in our scope of practice as professionals, whether you are a personal trainer or a therapist or a dietitian. It's important to stay in our lane, which is why I really, really love to collaborate and make connections with folks in parallel industries. If you're one of those, Find me on Instagram at it's Jenna J. Shoot me a DM. Let's talk. I love to make connections with people in parallel industries. What I would encourage you to do though is take everything that you hear with a grain of salt, even if it's coming from me, even if it's coming from me, question it all. I believe that if you work out like me, you're going to look like you, you're going to look like you. Genetics play into our physical appearance more than we realize. And unfortunately, many fitness professionals like to play that up. Round butts, booties are trendy right now, but I actually had one of those before it was cool because genetics, I'm not going to exploit that to sell my booty program. I could, but some people will that inner thigh machine on the infomercial is not going to give you a thigh gap just because the inventor of the inner thigh machine has one. That's not how any of this works. And I really want you to consider looking into that or considering that anytime you see any kind of fitness marketing. Again, this doesn't mean that I, that other fitness professionals don't work hard, but it's not talked about a lot. I'll make a confession about myself, another one, the difference between my body size when i am eating intuitively and working out strength training a few days a week versus what i looked like when i was super restricting food and working out multiple times a week is minuscule hard work and effort play in a little bit sure but genetics and set points have a huge effect on this if you're gonna or if you work out like me you are gonna look like you I believe that mental health is just as important as physical health. Same goes for emotional and social health, all fascia- facets of health. Waking up at 5 AM to work out when you went to bed at midnight is not helping you reach your goals or supporting your health. Sorry to burst your bubble. It's not neither is eating exclusively guacamole at your friend's birthday party because it's the only keto snack option. Mmm, It's true. truth of the matter is some people need to move more. That is the fitness advice that's often given to many. Eat less, move more. That's what people say. And for others, sometimes the best advice is to chill the fuck out. So much of wellness focuses on people who don't work out or have never eaten a vegetable while simultaneously shaming them for being this way, by the way. But then there's this other end of the spectrum people who tend to overdo it and have a hard time taking a rest day the ones who consider asking for zoodles zucchini noodles on a trip to italy some of us need to be encouraged to scale it back i used to be that person you too i'm here for you i believe that the way that we operate as an industry as a fitness industry pushes away the very people that we are trying to help sometimes. We need to consider the way our marketing and our approach makes people feel. How many people are avoiding the gym because they feel judged or shamed by fitness marketing tactics or the last fitness professional that they worked with? Truth be told, a lot of my clients used to feel this way, and I have to wonder how many others want to get moving, but can't figure out a safe place to start. One of the things that blows my mind is that to my knowledge, I am one of the only health at every size aligned personal trainers in the Chicago area. I think more are creeping up. I can think of a handful of others that I know that are getting more into this or maybe don't put themselves out there in the way that I do, but it blows my mind that a lot of my clients, I work out of a gym in the suburbs, North suburbs of Chicago. A lot of my clients drive to this or from the city, to see me like almost an hour each way, because I'm literally the only fitness professional that they've heard of. That's been talking about this stuff. People want this. It is a problem that we push away the people that we're trying to help. And isn't that kind of the point? I also believe that you are the expert on your own body always and forever. I might know a lot about the human body, but you are the expert on yours. Your lived experience is your own. So the next time somebody tells you to eat X amount of calories or take X number of steps a day, or your BMI should be this. Remember that those are BS arbitrary numbers. I'm here to help you learn to listen to your body, but you know yourself the best. I also believe that the best form of exercise is the one that you actually want to do. There are no universal quote unquote best or worst exercises. It all depends on you and your individual preferences and goals. I personally believe that strength training is amazing. It is my favorite. If you decide to work with me, that's likely what I'll teach you how to do. I also love things like yoga and dancing and will encourage you to explore other activities that really light you up. But there's no universally best form of exercise. It's only the one that you want to do. Movements doesn't have to be sweet and gentle to be quote unquote joyful. And if you're not familiar with this, I'll talk about it maybe on a later episode. When I first entered into this work, there was a lot of talk about joyful movements, joyful movements. And movement can be joyful if that's your jam. And one of the messages that i got a lot was that taking walks and doing gentle yoga were the only ways to do joyful movements those things are cool but movement can also be wild and free and ugly and gritty and hard sometimes and sometimes it's just like okay and sometimes it's just tolerable and sometimes it's like rageful movement can be a lot of things It's all about what you value. And that's something that I always encourage my clients to dig into for themselves is what they value and how they can tie that to the way that they want to move their bodies. I believe that it's important to be a perpetual student to learn, to grow and to evolve. As I record this, I will probably listen to this a while later couple months, year, couple years, and be like, what the hell was I talking about? Maybe it'll even happen tomorrow. The point is to be open to new points of view. And that's what I'm going to expose you to here on this podcast, to grow, to learn, to continue your education, to know when to say, I don't know. I definitely did not start with these views when I first started in the fitness, street, fitness industry almost 10 years ago. I didn't start out like this and I'm sure that my views will continue to evolve and change. We need to normalize changing our opinion when presented with new information. We need to listen to the lived experiences of others instead of deciding that our lived experience is the only one and must be true for everybody. That's what we're going to continue to do here, friends, episode after episode. So I am curious if you had any light bulb moments from listening to this or if you had any big takeaways or if there's something you're curious about and want to dive into more or share from the perspective of your own lived experience. If yes, I would love to hear from you. Thanks again for tuning into Tough Cookie Talks. I'm so glad you're here. If you wanna learn more about me and how we can work together, visit my website itsjenna.jay.com or follow and tag me on Instagram at itsjennaj. I would love to hear from you. If you liked this episode and wanna hear more, make sure that you click subscribe and follow along so that you don't miss a single show. Then take a moment and leave me a five-star rating and review so we can help this podcast and this message reach even more people. Have a great week, and we'll talk soon.